today's coaching coordinator podcast is a segment taken from the Cool Clinic with New England Patriots offensive line coach Dante Scarnecchia. He's now retired, but he retired with a box full of Super Bowl rings after spending 34 years with the New England Patriots organization. This is one of my favorite talks from the Cool Clinic. I had the opportunity to visit with Coach a couple times before the clinic as well as the day of, and he's just an incredible guy, an incredible teacher, very humble in his approach to the game and teaching it and what he's done, and there's a ton to learn from him just in this segment that we share today. I was talking with Coach Wiley a couple weeks ago, and he said, you know, if I was a head coach... I would get that Dante Scarnecchia clinic talk and have my entire staff watch it. And there's nothing in it as far as a presentation or film, but the insight that he provides into coaching the game, um, not just coaching offensive line, but in coaching the game in general, I think is invaluable. So I've picked this one because we have the season coming up and he's going to talk about practice drills and work ethic here. There's a ton for you to take away from this regardless of what position you coach. The entire talk is available on CoachTube. Look for an offer in the show notes to save on this one, and uh, we'll link that entire talk there. So here's Coach Dante Skarnecchia. Uh, when we all got together at SMU with Ron Meyer, Bill Muir was our offensive line coach, and I helped Bill. Bill was a really good football coach, really good football coach, coached in the league a long time, um, just a hell of a football coach. He's the first guy I ever heard this said, say, repetition is the mother of learning. I don't think he invented it, but that's what he used to say. And, uh, and I thought a lot about that. And I think it's true. Repetition is the mother of learning. Um, if you don't do something over and over and over and over again, you're going to get better at it than what you were at the beginning. But I'm going to put a little caveat in there. I think this, our job as the coaches is to give players a lot of reps at doing the same thing over and over again, but we got to fine tune those reps because what are we trying to do if we teach, if, if we believe that repetition is the mother of learning and we're teaching a skill over and over and over again, what we're trying to do is build a habit. And there's two types of habits. There's bad habits and good habits. We're trying to build good habits. No, fellas, we're trying to build great habits, okay? So we find, as, as we give them the reps, we're, we're making our coaching points. We're trying to improve them at their skills, and we're trying to get them to a point that whatever they do, they, they can do it as well as they possibly can do it because we've coached them to fine-tune the habits that they have and fine-tune the reps that they take. That's what coaching, in my estimation, is all about. Uh, I think it's important to plan every individual period and explain to the players what you want them to get done. Essentially, we've already talked about that. We're going to shoot, use training tapes so that they see, physically see, visually see how we want the drills to be run and how we want them to, to be run. Okay, fellas, I hate on the field meetings. I refuse to have on the field meetings. Once practice starts, we're practicing. And, and we're hucking and bucking, like Parcells used to say, and we're going as hard and as fast as we can, and there's not a whole lot of verbiage. We're coaching on the run, okay? And we're going at a, at a, at a rate that their tongues are going to be hanging out when, as we go, okay? Because we're not having any on-the-field meetings. I'm not doing that, okay? 
If we go one-on-one pass protection and it's an eight-minute period, I promise you we're going to get at least 24 reps. And we're going to go right down the road, right tackle to left tackle, and we're going to sub them all out. We're going fast, and we're not waiting for anybody, and we're coaching on the run, okay? We're not going to, you know, take two minutes to explain to some guy why he did a one-on-one pass rep, but that takes reps away from everyone else. We're not doing it. It's all about repetition being the mother of learning, and we're going fast, and we're going to try to build our skills, okay? Uh, I believe this. Uh, after each individual period, okay, we're going to take a one-minute water break. We're going to hydrate the players, okay? I think it's important. It's important for two reasons, to keep them hydrated, one, and two, it allows me to set up for the next drill. But I would say this, that one-minute water breaks, the hell, it's, well, there's two conditions. The helmets don't come off and no one takes a knee. I just think that's the way you got to do it. We're going to keep you hydrated. We're going to work you hard. Okay. So we're going to work you hard. So we better make sure we keep you hydrated. But once that one minute's over, I'm ready to go with the next drill because I think that's the way you got to do things. Now I'm going to say this to you. You can agree with it or not, but it's the way we conduct ourselves. Every player gets coached. Okay. I don't care if he's the 16th player that just got there or the first player that's been there forever. Okay, every player gets coached. I believe that uh, it's our job as coaches to develop the players within our position group, develop every one of them. Okay, this is true in the spring when you have time to do it, OTAs, mini camps, and all those things. It's true in the summer when you have training camp. Okay, and I and I believe this. It's true in the fall when we're playing games. I know there's only going to be seven guys that are going to the game. We may have 10 or 12. We may have 10 or 11 guys. But those other four guys are taking reps too. They're not taking team reps, but they're taking practice technique reps because every player is getting coached. Imagine this. If every position coach on your staff develops every player on their in their position, then the team all right, can only get better the whole team can only get better but they can't get better if you just work the guys that are going to be playing games or i'm going to work these these guys ain't going to make the team or these guys are going to be on the practice squad screw that we're coaching everybody we're going to develop everybody that we got in that meeting room and we're going to vote develop everybody we got all right on the roster and if we do that the tree the team will be better right and i'll tell you something else you'll develop players that you never thought could ever have played for you unless you gave them the opportunity to prove it. If you don't give them the opportunity to prove it, you, you'll never know, okay? You won't have Steve Neal, who never played college football, starting for you for seven years, okay? Or this guy starts in a, in a Super Bowl, or this guy starts in a Super Bowl, and you took them off the street, you know, because they were cut by some other team. You'll never know unless you give them the opportunity. And the only way you give them the opportunity is to coach the shit out of them, okay? I think the most important players in every blocking drill are the guys holding the bags, okay? And I think it's important to let them know how you want it done. And, and, and here's the three things that we always tell them we want, okay? We're looking for three things out of the bag holders. Number one, to hold the bag firm and against your body and give the blockers a target to hit and give them good resistance. How do you hold a bag? You know those two straps that are on the back of every bag? 
We don't use them. Fuck those two holes. They're, they're useless. Because all they do is they stick them out. That's no good. So what we do is we hold the bag high with one hand, take the other hand, put it under the bag, put it into our chest, and we give them a target to hit because it looks just like their body. And that's what you hit when you're blocking somebody. You hit the other guy's body. So holding the bag is important. The other thing is we want to give the blockers an appropriate post-contact response. Okay? So if I'm holding a bag and we're working a drive reach or a drive cutoff, the most important thing that that guy holding the bag that he has to do is don't get hooked. Don't get cut off. Give an appropriate post-contact response, okay? Don't be an iron deer standing on the line where the guy hooks you and you don't move and he turns into you. That's not what. That's not the way guys play defense. So we were we're always looking for a post-contact response that's appropriate to whatever we're trying to get done. And third, we want to make the blockers finish their blocks by resisting through the whistle, just like we want the blockers to block through the whistle. Okay, so. Those things are hugely important. We teach them, we train them, and fellows, usually early in the process, when we get young guys in there who you know, don't know how to hold the bags or don't know how to give the proper response, you know, believe me, it's ugly maybe in the first practice, but it doesn't last very long. They, they at some point get the point. And, and you know what, really, the veteran, the guys that have been doing it for a long time, they get, they get as mad as I do, okay? Because everybody's in it together and we'll only get better Everybody works together and does the same thing. Uh, let's talk about the snap count at practice, okay? Our normal snap count with the Patriots, just like it is for a lot of guys, color number, color number, and then set, hut, hut, hut. So sounds like this, green 38, green 38, set, hut, hut, hut. Look, at, I can't say that before every drill. I'm not saying that before every drill. But I, I want to come up with a snap count that's appropriate, that you know, that expedites the situation at the line of scrimmage because we want to go fast, okay? So what we did is we came up with terms that meant a lot to us, you know, within our system. So, you know, we have this call. We say, if we say Omaha, we're going on second sound. We go! If we say Alpha, we're going on second sound. We go! It's two different words that mean the same thing. If we say Orange, it goes to hard third sound. We go! Go! Okay, all three of those can be snap count variations that we'll use at drills. So I'll say I'm working outside zone, Omaha, we go. Okay, we also have a check uh, designation or a, a, a code word that tells them that we're changing something here. And so if I say we're going on alpha, all right, and we go up to the line and they're all geeked up and ready to go. I say, easy, easy, orange. So I just changed alpha to orange. And now we're going on a hard third sound. Why do I do that? Okay. Because the most important thing we do is everybody come off on the snap count, one, and two, that no one falls start. So to do that, we have to build discipline within the group by by varying the snap count variations and making them understand they have to be in tune and and concentrating that not only that about the appropriate the snap count that we're using, but it may get changed. And it frequently gets changed in our system. So we're training them once again through repetitions 
to be flexible within the variations of our snap count that we're going to use in our system. And believe me, okay, uh, you know, we, we instill discipline and concentration in both those areas by varying the snap count. So it's helped us a great deal over the years. When I was at Iowa State, I worked with Tom Harper, and I've said this whatever, in every clinic I've ever spoken at, and, and it's because he taught me this. And he says, you know, are you seeing your drills on your game tapes? If you're not, if you're not seeing your drills on your game tapes, fellas, you're doing the wrong drills. You know, if you're doing a bunch of shit that they're not going to do in the games, why are you doing it? Okay, so we try to make all the drills that we do at practice in such a way we, you know, we develop them so that they are going to be things that are going to happen during the game that we want to see in our game tapes. Okay, that's what's important to us. So our blocking drills are designed with six goals in mind. Okay, number one, I already said this, we want to develop great habits. Number two, we wanted to develop great technique, footwork, hat and hand placement, leverage, two types of leverage, physical, pads under pads, positional, my hat between the defender and the point of attack on runs, my body position inside out on the pass rusher, right, between the pass rusher and the launch point. There's physical and positional leverage with every play. All right, and we teach those things along with proper footwork, okay, body mechanics, bend, explosion, and punch. All those things are hugely important to us. Want to develop great combination blocks. Want to work together, okay. Want coordinated fits and hand placement. Want to join the hips. All to join the hips, you got to have step with the appropriate feet, you know. So we close feet together, and then the hips follow and. There's no air. There's no space between the blockers on our double team. That's important to us, okay? Uh, so developing great combination blocks is important. We want to develop communication between the blockers by calling every block in every drill. We call every block in, against our defense. I don't give a shit if they know them or not. We're calling them because I want them to communicate what's going to happen on the line of scrimmage. I know this. It's a lot easier to tell them to shut up than it is to get them to talk. So we want them to, to communicate at all times on the line of scrimmage. Uh, we want to minimize the risk of penalties. And we do this in two ways. And the two penalties that, that kill offensive linemen that are poison are false starts and holding. So we're looking to see if the hands are inside and we're making sure that everybody comes off at the appropriate snap count. In our, in our place, fellas, if you false start, you just keep going. You're going around goal, both goalposts, and we ain't waiting for you, okay? And it's true that defender encroaches, take off. And it's not personal. It's just the way things are done, okay? Uh, so, and then the final thing of the six is we want to develop conditioning and endurance, okay, for all our players by the way we practice. We practice hard. We practice fast. We're not, we're not having any meetings on the field. Everything we do we do with the thought in mind that, you know, we're, we're going to build a thousand reps in with what they do and we're going to go as hard as we can. And when it's all said and done, we hope that their conditioning endurance is, is at the highest level. Just an incredible, some great insight from Coach Garnickia there. 
Again, I highly recommend this one regardless of where you are at in your career, what level you coach at. There is a ton to pick up in this presentation from Coach. It went an hour and 42 minutes. As I said, it was just Coach sitting in front of the camera talking. Uh, he was very organized and put together a ton of notes on this, did a little bit of a Q&A at the end. Uh, but, but this is something, whether you are an offensive line coach uh, or a defensive coach, it doesn't matter the position, it doesn't matter the level, a lot to take away from this one. Uh, again, check the show notes for an offer and the link to this entire one. Follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com and follow me on Twitter at Coach K. Grabowski.